Are you an OT that's curious about what it takes to create and launch digital products? Or maybe you're interested in hearing more about an OT entrepreneur's experience with business coaching. If that's the case, stop what you're doing, plug in those headphones, and stay tuned, because today's episode is all about doing a deeper dive with the one, the only, Laura Park Figueroa. Let's do this. Welcome to the OT's Gone Rogue podcast, where we share real stories about real OTs who are choosing to think outside the box and do things differently. I'm your host, Melissa Lapointe. Over the years, I've had the pleasure of connecting with the most remarkable therapists who are finding their way as thought leaders, change makers, and heart-led entrepreneurs. They've helped to inspire me to think big and dig deep in my own healing journey. And it's now time to bring these conversations to a bigger stage. Together, we're going to share stories about overcoming adversity, finding our people, and taking the road less traveled, even when it feels messy and uncomfortable. Okay, are you ready to join us? This is the OT's Gone Rogue podcast. Hey everyone, Melissa LaPointe here, and welcome back to another episode of the OT's Gone Rogue podcast. Do I even need to do an introduction to today's guest? If you're an OT entrepreneur, I'm guessing that you already know of Laura's work. She runs the OT Entrepreneur Facebook group, which has over 8,000 members worldwide. She's host of the Mind Your OT Business Podcast. She's co-host for the OT Entrepreneur Virtual Summit. She's a PhD candidate with a special interest in nature-based outdoor pediatric therapy. She's a fellow mompreneur and more recently a homeschooler. And she has not one, but two successful businesses. Most importantly, I have the pleasure of also referring to Laura as one of my colleagues and a close friend. In today's episode, Laura is taking us behind the scenes of her business, breaking down the numbers, sharing the wins, and talking about the challenges because this work is not for the faint of heart. Okay, here we go. An honest conversation with a fellow business coach where we don't hold back. Okay, okay. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for this episode. So welcome everyone to another episode of the OT's Gone Rogue podcast. We are recording this at the end of 2020. And I cannot think of many other people that I would love to do a bit of a wrap up with because as you heard during the intro, this OT is near and dear to my heart. And I don't even want to call her an OT because she is so much more than that. And we can talk about the different hats that you wear, my friend. Um, but we've had a really, really awesome year together. We've had a mm-hmm. lot of trials and tribulations. Uh, so welcome, Laura. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for having me. I can't wait for this conversation. It'll be so much fun. Yes. So we're going to start off and Laura has given me permission to share this. Typically, I don't talk a lot about my coaching clients, but that is part of our story. That is how I got to know Laura so well, because I started working with Laura. Um, I was so excited when Laura and I, well, it was actually, I didn't have a discovery call with you. It was on your podcast. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I forgot Um, about that. That is how we originally met. (laughs) 100%. And then after we stopped the recording, we started talking and you had said, okay, this is what I want to work on in 2020. And I ended up signing you up as one of my coaching clients. So we were, we worked until September. So you were one of my coaching clients for nine months. And do you remember, so when I signed you up, you were hesitant because you had a lot on your plate and I made you two promises that I knew I could guarantee. One was in 2020, Laura, I will help you save time. And the second one was I can help you make a lot more money. (laughs) So were we successful? I think we were. Yeah, I would say. And we'll hear about that in this episode, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, yes. So even going back to, I started to call you an OT, but there's a lot of hats that you're wearing. So I could have easily introduced you as a podcaster, as a community builder, as a business coach, as an entrepreneur, as a PhD graduate. There are so many different ways. There are so many different roles that I could use to describe you. And you have, you know, oh my goodness, how many 
phone calls, how many Zoom calls we've had where, yes, I was coaching you, but there were times that you also served as my sounding board where we got very excited about the world opening up. We can talk about our kayaking retreat that we are going to have. Yeah, whenever someday. The- <laughs> oh. um, you know, and those are different pieces to the puzzle, though. Um, yeah, so let's just let's just dive in. So tell everyone, I'm sure people know you, but if they don't, can we at least start with where are you geographically? And so where are you geographically? And how many businesses do you have? <laughs> okay, so, well, I should I should say one thing, I'm not a PhD graduate yet. I'm a PhD candidate, which means I still have to do my research and dissertation. So graduate will hopefully be end of 2021. That is my goal. It might be May of 2022. But okay, so I am I'm doing my PhD in OT. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's four years um, on the on the short end. But um, you have to love what you're doing when you do it. And that that I'll segue into the business stuff for that, too, because I I'm running two businesses currently. And I also have really had a huge mindset shift in embracing this period of homeschooling with my children and which sounds crazy with everything else I have going on but I think I've I've shifted my perspective to kind of own that I get to do it I get to make the school of my the schooling or learning I should say of my children look like how I want it and mm-hmm. not how some institution tells me it should be so that's been kind of exciting for me and and aligns with the idea of entrepreneurship. Like one, our mindset matters, right? (laughs) And I think when you create a business, you get to say how it's done. And that's what's been so exciting for me. So I came out of 15 years of OT practice in traditional settings. I worked in a NICU for a bit. I worked at a children's hospital in outpatient rehabilitation. I worked in school-based practice the majority of my career for nine and a half, almost 10 years, and also did some early intervention home-based work early in my career. And all along the way, I was seeing private clients. You know, I started pretty early independent contracting and seeing private clients, usually in their homes. But I never really had the entrepreneur mindset to make it into a business, you know, thinking about marketing and scaling and growing and increasing revenue sources and all the kind of things that go along with thinking like a CEO or an entrepreneur of a of a business that is bigger than just you. And what inspired me to finally do that and take on that mindset was when I encountered this idea of taking therapy outdoors into nature. And so in 2015, I started Outdoor Kids Occupational Therapy, and we do all of our services outdoors in nature. Oh, I didn't answer your first question, which was, I live in the Bay Area of California. That may be changing soon. We're debating moving. That's a whole nother topic. Anyway, (laughs) so I'm in Berkeley, California right now, and the business is located. We have um, sites that we use in different nature areas in both Berkeley and Oakland, California, which is right near me, just a few miles away. So that business has grown and we've scaled and I've that's what my PhD work is focused on is nature-based pediatric occupational therapy. And I am so excited next year to do research, which I never thought I would be saying <laughs> that I'm excited <laughs> to do research. But it's just it's just such a passionate interest of mine. And there's so much wonderful literature and so much to be so much to be learned that I just don't even feel like I have enough time in my whole life to learn everything there is about the outdoors and nature and children and therapy. And I'm I'm thrilled next year to do this research. So I developed a framework on how, um, like an evidence-based framework that uses the currently existing literature and research to inform how we do nature-based therapy with children. And that's Mm -hmm. called the Contigo approach. It stands for Connection and Transformation in the Great Outdoors. And we took that approach in my practice and my team and I have developed an online course for therapists who are interested in taking their work with children out into nature. So that's the one business. Should I continue with my other one? (laughs) I feel like I've been talking forever. (laughs) So even listening to you talk now, okay, I can't believe I'm about to ask this on a podcast, but Laura, remind me, when was your birthday? My birthday was June 19th. Why? And so how old did you turn? 
44. Okay. That's what I, that's what, and I was laughing. I'm like, this is, so what came to mind was something I had read recently and you just listening to you, it hit the nail on the head. And it was talking about how in our twenties, we explore all the different possibilities and Mm. all the different things that we may want to do. And in our thirties, we start to recognize, oh, I can choose this, but it means I'm not choosing that. Or I have to say no to some things and I can't do everything. And then it talks about how in the forties, we work towards mastery and fruition of our studentship and listening to you talk about your evolving journey in peds and how not just going into nature therapy but your research and the contigo approach and all yeah. the different pieces that came to mind for me listening to you talk is she's in her 40s I knew you were in your 40s and I couldn't place yeah. exactly I'm like oh I remember her birthday yeah. um, and I remember sending you a message saying I I wanted to get invited to your birthday party but the borders were closed. <laughs> the, the COVID, the COVID yeah. birthday party, you know. <laughs> but that's what came to mind is listening to you talk about talk about the journey you're on, but how so much of, you know, yes, you are a student for life, as am I. You know, that is something right. that is going to be part of us forever. We will learning is what motivates us. It is one of the things that excites us. And we never feel like we, we know enough, um, but really working on mastery and what that means and all the different pieces that you're bringing. And I love that there's a business undertone to it, yeah. but yet there are different arms to what you're doing that, you know, your PhD, for example, and yeah, I love I'm so I'm about to turn 42 and I'm not very far into my 40s, but I like it. I like it a lot. Oh my gosh. It is. I could, I could go on and on. Now I don't like that. I'm starting to look older. I do a lot of video content for my other business, which we'll talk about, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I have bags under. Oh my gosh. My wrinkles are so, you know, I'm just starting to notice it, but I'll tell you, I joked when I turned 40 that I felt like I was having midlife euphoria instead of a midlife crisis because I truly feel like it, when you turn 40, you likely, if, if you, now it doesn't, it's not always this way for everyone, but I did the very traditional, like go to college after high school, get a job, blah, 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 you know, start having children. I mean, very traditional was how my life unfolded. Well, traditional for, I guess, a Midwestern girl <laughs> in the, mm-hmm. in America, but I feel like at 40 was when I started to really be like, this is who I am and I can make choices. It was like a sense of agency came over me where I've always been super independent and super opinionated and just kind of my personality has always been kind of the typical what you think someone would be as an entrepreneur, (laughs) you know, like able to kind of take charge. I was the oldest child, very bossy, you know, but I think at at 40, I just, I kind of stepped into like, this is who I am. And I'm, I just kind of found a way to be myself in the world. And I still struggle. And we'll talk about this. I'm sure I still struggle with mindset issues and things like that, but you, I don't know, there's a, a sense of ownership over who you are and a sense of agency and excitement that comes with middle age. And I think a lot of that had to do with, well, a lot of things, but but a large part of it, I'll try to stay on topic, was entrepreneurship, was taking ownership of, I can run and grow a business and I am capable of doing this and I grew confidence as I did it more. Yeah. And no longer, you know, a big one for me has been now I'm Canadian. I apologize for everything. It's just what we do. But I am working on not apologizing for who I am and take it or leave it. If I'm not your cup of tea, you can go somewhere else and it's fine. You know, I don't need to be for everyone. I, but how I can show up authentically and not apologize for it because I used to, oh, I'm a bit too much. And oh, I do this. And oh, I'm sorry about that. And oh, should I? Now it's like, you know what, there's not, time is such a finite resource. And the last few years, that's really, you know, we've lost a lot of people in my family. There's been just so much going on in the world. We are only here for such a small fraction of time and make of it what you will, you know, and yeah. So not apologizing and leaning into leaning into my quirks, recognizing because I'm realizing they're not, they're not going anywhere. (laughs) Right. I have a whole, I I have it mapped out. I keep like a list of TikTok slash reels that I want to make. And I have a whole reel about 
women and how we apologize for everything that I want to do very soon. Maybe I'll get to it today after we record because I I wrote out like exactly what I want to say and like how to say no without apologizing for everything. Like women just flipping apologize all the time for stuff we don't have to apologize for. Like just giving your opinion, you don't have to apologize women. Okay. (laughs) You know, And it's funny. I mean, with the joke with Canadians, like half the time, that's just what we start our sentence with is sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You ran into me. Sorry. Did you run into me? You know, like little things, but I was like, oh goodness. So on that note, as we, because now we're going to swing back to your other business, but I think this is a great segue into it because when you first got started and like we all do, you know, oh, am I good enough? Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Can I call myself an entrepreneur? I'm not at a certain revenue goal yet, or my business isn't at this level yet. So we're very sheepish about what we're doing, but your second business model has like, there's been a necessity in terms of you standing strong, holding your ground and really putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur, because part of your other business is around being a trailblazer and a leader and supporting entrepreneurs. So can you tell me a little bit more? So tell us about your second business. Yeah. So right before we hit record, we were talking about how having a good team is really important. And My second business started because I have a team member who is now my practice manager at the time. She was helping me with a lot of like, you know, the back end of the business, all the admin stuff. And she gave me the confidence to start the Mind Your OT Business podcast and to really step into more of an official role as a business coach for therapy entrepreneurs because... I had been doing some coaching along the way um, because people would reach out to me. They would say, you know, oh, I saw your practice. Can you talk with me? I want to start something the same. And so I just kind of set up a very as requested business coaching <laughs> service, you know, where I would talk with people and I, I charged them a fair rate to talk with me on the phone. But I just remember feeling such a such a high after those first few calls. I told my husband like, oh my gosh, I love doing this and I'm good at it. Like I'm helping yeah. people by doing this, you know? And so when I talked with Nicole about possibly starting a podcast, it was the idea of starting a podcast in general. And I really value her advice because she knows me. She sees the back end of my business. She sees behind the scenes. She's seen me at my worst. She's seen me at my best. She's seen me celebrate. She's seen me be sad, you know, all of it. And so when I thought about starting a podcast, I I was like, hey, could we do a quick phone call? I have a, a business idea I want to run by you. I kind of um, floated two different ideas. One was to do a podcast about nature and children, you know, kind of aligned with the outdoor kids OT model. But the other idea was to start a business focused podcast for OTs. And she said, and I will never forget this because it gave me such a boost of confidence. She was like, you need to do the business. There's just such a lack in the market with a business focused OT podcast. And she said, you know, so much more than a lot of therapist entrepreneurs. I'm like, really? Like, I thought everyone just did email marketing. I thought everyone had a website that was written with good copy, you know, whatever, you know. And and she was like, no, 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 because she talks to and what gave me confidence with her telling me that is that she she gets to see a little bit behind the scenes of a lot of different businesses because she over time has supported a lot of different businesses, including like people who aren't therapists, like chiropractors and things like that. And so she has seen behind the scenes of a lot of different places. And she specifically, as someone who has seen that, told me, you have wisdom that would be so helpful to some other people that I talk to that are also running businesses. And so that gave me the boost of confidence I needed. So I started Mind Your OT Business, the podcast, in March of 2018. So we're coming up on almost two years now. And I think we're at like episode 35. I was doing monthly episodes for a while because, you know, PhD and running a practice and three children and all of that. So <laughs> Laura, just pause. Podcasting doesn't take a lot of work though. Don't you just have to hit record? Oh my gosh. 
also <laughs> something else we just talked about before we <laughs> started this. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it costs money. I mean, it costs money out of your yeah. business to darn right it does. To pay for someone to edit for you or to pay for the hosting service or to pay for maybe you need some kind of social media planning platform. I mean, there's just a lot of different costs that come along with starting any kind of new endeavor in your business. And so I, you know, edited my own episodes for a while, but quickly got to where I was like, if I'm going to be producing more content, I need someone to help with this. So now, now yeah. I'm outsourcing. Staying in that zone of genius. I think you yeah. may have had a coach that told you that a couple of times too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like you should, you were, you, you told me you should be like recording and handing that. I'm like, I know. Oh, but sometimes this is something we should talk about is I think a lot of times people hesitate to, and I know I did, at least this was my experience. And we talked about this a lot in some of our early calls that I think I I hesitated. It's like I knew I had to hand it off, but I hesitated to do it because it felt like more work to do it than to just keep doing it myself. And you're holding me accountable. I think a lot of times a business coach just helps you get there faster. You know, like like I eventually probably would have outsourced it, but your accountability, you're saying to me, Laura, you should not be doing that. You need to get someone to do this. You kind of connected me with some people too, to maybe like some resources to connect with, to see if someone could help me. And I think having a coach who I knew that two weeks later, when we had a call again, you were going to say to me, so did you outsource the podcast? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So I think some of it is like, helping you get the momentum to like actually get you to do the work on the business to set up the systems that that will eventually then free up your time. So that yeah. was a huge piece was outsourcing that editing of the podcast did free up time for me. Yeah, I could go a lot of I could say a lot well, more about the podcast, but I'll let you ask a question now. <laughs> well, and I just want to point out in terms of the benefit of a coach, because I work with coaches as well in that yeah. I am coached, but I also coach. Right. And what I want people to understand is that when you're in the thick of it with your own business, it's hard to have the 30,000 foot view. Absolutely. It's hard to, to see that. And that is what a coach can give you. I, you know, I wasn't in the thick of it with you in your business. I was able to take a step back and see it from a different perspective. Now, my right. job as a coach wasn't to tell you this, this, this. It was, hey, can you join me for a moment in my viewpoint? And can we talk about my perspective from way over here and how I'm looking at the forest through the trees yes. and bring you with me and ask you the right questions so that I can help you shift that perspective? Not all the time. The reality of running a business is you are constantly jumping back and forth. You're in the day to day, mm -hmm. then you jump over to maybe a monthly strategy call, or, you know, in terms of strategic planning or quarterly, you know, setting up your quarterly goals. Right now, a lot of us are doing our annual strategic planning, but then we're back in the day to day. And what a coach can do is help to pull you out of that day to day to make some CEO decisions. Yes, and absolutely. That's you know, we all could use a coach, not all the time. I love to take little breaks because I think we can also become codependent. You know, there's a lot of dependency on a coach and I always encourage people to, you know, it's a dance, but at yeah. some point you don't know what you don't know. And that is what a coach can help, you know, help fill those gaps and meet you where you are. Again, speed up the process. I mean, we still have to, we talked about this a lot. Like I can't, I can't make the obstacles and the challenges disappear. You are on your own journey and there are right. lessons that you need to learn. And I cannot, I should not take those lessons away. That is not my job. But again, you know, how I can help bringing you, even if it was during our biweekly calls, you know, okay, now we're CEOs and let's talk about our business in a different way. And then yeah. after the call, sure, go back to the day to day because sometimes we have to get our hands in it and be in the day to day. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, for those, of you listening like oh do I need a coach maybe I'm past needing a coach we're never past needing a coach you know it doesn't no. matter every every business coach I've ever worked with has had a coach or a mentor in some capacity at some point and yeah. it keeps us accountable and it keeps us on our game 
I just think, I think of it too. I think of it a lot because I go to a gym where there are coached workouts and I have been very public about this for my entire like life online that I have a very difficult time mindset wise calling myself an athlete. But anyone who sees my life would be like, you are an athlete. You exercise strenuously three times a week. And the two other days, you usually go on a pretty strenuous hike. And on the weekends, you're moving your body in some other way. You are an athlete, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but, but for me, that mindset shift is very hard. And I, and I go to this gym because they give me a program. They know they have been there. They know from experience. They know from research. They know from doing this. They know because they're in way better shape than me, all of those coaches. They know what will help my body be in the best physical shape that it possibly can. And they don't let me get away with only doing the stuff that I like to do or that is enjoyable to do. They The workouts are specifically structured to work your whole body, to take that 30,000 foot view of your physical health and and say, this is what you need to be doing to stay in good cardiovascular and strength, you know, neuromuscular shape, muscular Mm -hmm. shape. I don't know if I said that right. Anyway, you know, strong and (laughs) and strong and able to breathe. Like, (laughs) that's what I want to be. So basically, I and I think about it a lot when I'm there that it's very similar to the same idea of business coaching. That business coach hopefully is investing in themselves as a as a coach, exactly like what you said, coaches need coaches. And they are able to take that 30,000 foot view and help you see the things that you need to do in your business to get your to help your business be as healthy as possible and get you healthy as a business as quickly as possible. That's the thing I think about too with the the physical workouts. I know I'm all over the place, but it just has so many correlations. Like these workouts that I'm going to, they're not like, okay, now you're going to run for 45 minutes. You know, nope. They're like 10 minutes of extreme cardiovascular. They're high intensity, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like the efficiency piece too. You think when you get a business coach that it's going to be quote, so much money, you know, like, like I think a lot of times OTs, this is what's hard working with OTs. We're so in this like frugality mindset, at least most OTs. And we don't want to invest in ourselves as business owners. And to me, when I when I think about that, I'm like, I actually am not that way so much anymore. Like to me, several hundred dollars on business coaching is like so worth it because I've had great experiences with business coaches, right? Because it helps my business work more efficiently, more quickly than if I had struggled myself and tried it my way and tried to develop a, some kind of system myself. It's better to just learn from what works and pay to get there more quickly. That's kind of my thought about it all. Sorry, I know that was meandering, but there were just so many correlations popping up in my mind with the physical coaching with business coaching. It comes to my mind all the time when I am at the gym. It's the same. So many correlations. Well, and I, so I want to touch on that because I know some of the work that I've been doing, you know, in terms of getting there quickly. So I'm going to touch on that because I know with you, that's a good fit for you're, you're a go-getter and you're okay, yeah. this is what we're going to do and let's get there quickly. Um, but for, I know there have been times in my life where going quickly, maybe I worked with an advisor who that's what she wanted me to hit those goals and to move quickly. Yeah. And I wasn't in the headspace, nor was I, you know, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I had to sit where I was and be okay. So I had the online business that was growing at 20, you know, we grew one year, 20%. We grew another year, 25%, which in the Mm -hmm. online space is actually quite slow, but it was where I needed to be to process other things. And that's sometimes, you know, we have to talk about that too, is building a business, building a business. When sometimes it's not building a business or rather growing a business, you know, we have to grow, 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 and we should be doubling our revenue every six months if we're going to be successful. And sometimes we have to just be, and that's okay too, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, and that's such a good point. And I love that you brought this up because this is what makes podcast interesting is when there's a little bit of a difference of opinion on things. I would say that a lot of this is personality, right? But I totally agree with you that there are there are times when you're not, I guess when I say quickly, 
quickly doesn't necessarily mean like a quick, immediate, like overnight thing. When I say quickly with business coaching, I mean you get there sooner than you might have otherwise, right? (laughs) But the reality is that building a business is usually not a quick thing. And that's what I think you're alluding to. There needs to be like a a sustainable pace and a sustainable way in which you go about building your business. Usually businesses are not overnight successes. Like it's like it's it's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. It's very rare. And I think a lot of times, and this might get in, we had talked about kind of touching on or, or talking about the topic of online business in and of itself. And we haven't even talked about we should talk about that getting into the online space how i did this year with with your help but that doesn't happen overnight like most people don't suddenly just put an online course up and become millionaires like amy porterfield or something even though a lot of the marketing out there will tell you that you can it's it's not yeah. true you need a warm audience and it takes time and energy and sustainability you know to be able to yeah. sustain the level of engagement you have with people online or or in your in your neighborhood or your community if you're building a, a physical practice it, it takes time and you have to be able to sustain that energy and i think coaching helps with that too yeah and helping people you know in terms of getting your business to the next level part of what Coach, well, part of what we all need to do is establish what those goals are. And because with my coaching, some of the coaching that I've done this year, it was around helping people go through some pretty intense transitions, whether mm-hmm. it's moving to a different country, whether it's going through a divorce, whether it's having kids leave and dealing with empty nest syndrome. I've worked with a lot of therapists who have different health crises happening. And part of getting there is working on identifying what is there, what is the destination. And as, as a coach, I don't dictate what that destination is. You know, I can exactly. help you, I can help you build the roadmap to get there, but where is there? And that comes from within, you know, really getting, right. of course, there's some business strategy, but sometimes, you know, sometimes I have helped clients keep their head above water. That is our goal. Our goal is not growth. Our goal is, okay, you have to pull over to the side of the road, theoretically, and address your, you know, look after yourself, look after your family. This isn't the time that we're going to kick out the goals and we're going to have all these, you know, massive achievements. This is the time that we need to build in a system that, you know, you're treading water and that's our only goal right now is treading water and that's okay. So that's where, you know, sometimes, yes, we're on these like really steep, okay, we're, we're seeing a lot of great things happening, but other times it's just to keep from sinking, you know, and, and that's yes. part of it too, because when we have businesses and life throws us curveballs, we don't have the opportunity to curl up in the fetal position and wait till things settle down again. Right. You have to keep going. Exactly. You have to keep going, especially if you have a team, especially if you have programs, customer fulfillment. Like there's there's still pieces to the puzzle. And that's not to say you can't take your foot off the gas, but there's still pieces that, you know, there's still it's a it's a living, breathing organism and you yeah. can't totally just step away. I, I think the process of like having a coach or having someone who understands your business brain and your therapist brain, you know, having a, I call business bestie, like a, a, a friend who understands your business side of things as well as your life can be yeah. really helpful in navigating times like that because you have to have someone help you think through all of the logistics of how things are going to fall out. So I, I mentioned that we were thinking about moving. And for example, when I planned my strategic plan for next year, I actually thought about like, well, maybe I'm not going to offer my online courses twice next year because I might be moving and I'm going to be writing a dissertation. And if I'm moving and writing a dissertation in the fall, yeah, I think that's enough. But <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't need to be also offering a coaching program just because people were expecting me to offer a coaching program, you know? So there is freedom when you run your own business to do things how you need to do them based on your life situation. 
yeah. with planning. You have to plan for those things. And I think that's where coaching can be really helpful too, is helping you think through like the logistics and how everything will unfold with a, you know, taking one specific direction versus another. Um, and mm-hmm. I know that's been really helpful for me. I'm an yeah. external processor. Like I think a lot of the times I come to realizations and good ideas and decisions about things by talking about yes, them. That with makes others. me laugh. How many times I would go and check. So I use Voxer with my coaching clients. It's a yeah. walkie talkie app. And I would go and see messages from Laura and there would be three messages. And I, I often listen when I'm out walking my dog. It's my way of getting breaks from screen time. And I would listen right. to your message and it would be this big download of, okay, this, this, this. And then the second message would be you processing your download. And then the third message would be you coaching yourself and coming up with the solution. <laughs> and I hadn't done anything yet, you know, and I'm right, just right, like, right. Oh, that was the easiest coaching I've ever done. <laughs> You're like, okay, do that. Yes, that thing you last said. No, I, and actually, it's a good thing to think about too, because I think I realized that I was kind of like, quote unquote, done or like ready to graduate, whatever you call it. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself graduated from coaching with you even. I may, I may visit back in the future, but I do think there comes a time as a business owner in any coaching relationship that you have. And this has been with other coaches I've worked with too before you where you definitely feel like you hear their voice when you're going to make a decision about something, if you've spent enough time with them and, and, and had enough time to kind of internalize what you think they would say to you. And that is when, I mean, when I was thinking through, I think I was thinking through launching the Contigo Approach online course. And I literally was like, I know how to do this. Like, I don't, I don't really have any question for Melissa. I remember getting your, your Voxer message breaking up with me. And um, I <laughs> but I, it, it brought tears to my eyes, not in, not yeah. in a bad way. So not in, totally. a, she's breaking, but in the, and I sent you a message back and said, that was the best breakup message I could have <laughs> ever heard because it was exactly what we had been working on and you stepping into your power. You didn't yeah. need someone to say you're good at this. You were right, right, right. it. And right. you said, okay, I'm recognizing this, 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 and I'm pulling this, 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 this forward that we were working on. And this is my approach. And this, you know, I think I'm ready to take a break from coaching. And the way that you delivered it, you brought everything full circle. I was doing a fist pump. I like my heart was soaring. I'm like, yes, yes. You know, it was really seeing the eagle take flight. And I mean, you had been doing great things, but to hear you disseminated in that message in the way that you did, I was so excited. I was so like, yes, I I couldn't have been more thrilled to do that bless and release process to say, yes, you know, you've got this. This is amazing. So on that note, I want to bring us back to planning for the unexpected. And we started working together in January because you had some big goals. And one of those was six digits in online products in 2020, which in the beginning, when you were just dipping your toes in, sounded like that was the big, hairy, audacious goal. Like, okay, that's like pretty far-fetched, but that's what we're going to set. Was your like, "Uh, how am I going to do this without burning out? I've got this, I've got that. And I'm like, well, let's go for it and see what we can do. And we you've had a pretty good year, my friend. Um, But this was before the pandemic. You know, I have to highlight that you were and I think that's part of trailblazing is we often are leaning into things before they become a trend before they become the way and yes, a lot of people have been moving into the online space. But we started working on this before the pandemic hit before lockdown restrictions before all the chaos in the therapy world and trying to work with our clients. So what was motivating you in January? What was your motivating factor to say, okay, I'm going to take on yet another piece, I'm going to build out yet another arm to my entrepreneurship journey, and I'm going to start focusing on online programs and online products? What was the driver in that situation? Um, I think it depends on the product. I would say for the Contigo Approach course, it was that people in other countries were emailing me and asking, when will you make this an online course? We did well on that launch. We enrolled 21 people, I want to say, for a almost $1,600 course. So it's not a cheap, it's not $200 to take it, right? So um, at time of this recording, I should say. 
<laughs> yes, because who knows? Prices. Right, right. Well, and always like I may change what's offered in it. I may add bonuses to it. I may, you know, who knows what what it will look like in the future. But like, so that was kind of the driver for that one. And I think that was probably the primary one in my mind. But I also had people because I had done an in person retreat for the Contigo approach at the end of. November of or early November of 2019. So shortly before the pandemic was a thing in our brains, I had people at that retreat asking about business coaching. And I just did not have the capacity at the time to even like conceive of creating some sort of group program. Like they were asking me for that, but I I just was like, I don't know when that will happen, guys. Maybe it'll be May of next year. I'm thinking about maybe doing a group coaching thing. Like And when I did launch that group coaching thing, which you are fully responsible for convincing me that I could do a lot more people than I could (laughs) remember, I was like, I think like five people. And you were like, uh, (laughs) no, (laughs) you're like, how about like 20? And I was like, I cannot get 20 people to enroll in a group coach. You're like, yeah, let's just, let's just see about that. You know? So, but, but a lot of that was my own like insecurity. I think I probably could have charged a lot more for it too. I didn't listen Mm -hmm. to you on that one. Um, (laughs) It's all good. We have to take it in our own time. But you know what, you know what happened is people in that first program like raved about it and said like, this is worth like so much more money than we paid for. So they justified, it was like the people in the program were telling me, we would have paid more for this, you know? So yeah. that is, that, that worked fine for me. And I made a good, I mean, I, I had a good launch for that and it was an awesome experience. I felt totally in my element and loved it. Um, I, I feel like I'm all over the place. Sorry. So. Well, welcome to the world I, of entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Well, well, let me just, I think what would, I think what would make sense, cause I know we're like getting close to the end of time here, but like, I think what would make sense is to explain in sequence what I launched so that Perfect. people have Go some sort of frame. So yeah. we started, so Melissa, you and I started working together in like late January, early February, I think. It was shortly before COVID. It was in January, I remember down. on okay. your file. So I, I know, okay. I don't know when in January, but I know it was, I think January. Okay, this, I'm such a geek when I say I think it was January 19th, but yes, I am a geek, people. I remember That's weird cute. things. <laughs> so I think it was January 19th. Okay, so maybe two months before COVID hit us. And yeah. so we were talking about these topics, the the Contigo Approach course, like, and maybe a business coaching. I mean, we, we had kind of talked to hit on some of these, right? But COVID just like took it to the, I have to do this, you know, for the health of my business, I have to get these revenue sources going. Um, and that was kind of the intention anyway, was to diversify revenue sources, because I think any business, when you're growing and scaling it, you need to have diverse revenue sources. And, you know, I had dabbled in that a little bit. I wrote a, I self-published a book about outdoor activities for kids, you know, that, that that's not a moneymaker, but it is a diversification of revenue source in your business. So we had therapy services, my book, and then we were starting to get into these retreats that all got canceled in 2020. So we're taking them to the online space. So I wanted to diversify revenue. So when COVID hit, you kind of helped focus me on, you could launch a business group coaching program. Like you have been doing this work long enough. You have an audience because of your podcast you could do this and and run it during the summer. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I was very, <laughs> I was very like, very doubtful of myself. Honestly, I just had no self-confidence. I, I would, that was a huge thing when I did my strategic planning for next year. I did a, a, about an hour on mindset and journaled a bit. And that was a huge thing. Like, I just feel so much more confident as a business coach and as an entrepreneur after last year launching all these products. So launched the Business Bedrocks group coaching program, which is the focus of the whole program. It's a very structured program. I don't like the word curriculum, but it's, it is a program. We go through the topics together as a group to help business owners set up systems and automatic processes and strategies in the areas of mindset, operations, finances, and marketing in their business. And so we all go through those topics together as a group. And we ran that during the summer. And like I said, we had 25 people 
people enroll 24. That was like the first thing I launched, which was like four weeks after we talked about it. I launched it before building it, even though I had like tons of notes and like a whole outline. I taught a OTD course on entrepreneurship. So I had a ton of content, right? But but it was not built. I yep. didn't know how to use Kajabi. You know, I mean, it was not built, but I launched it and um, enrolled those people. And then Trish Williams and I together launched the OT Entrepreneur Summit, which was an online summit. And that happened in May. So that was number two online launch. Then all summer we worked with, we had the issue at Outdoor Kids OT where we had a bunch of OTD students working with us. There were four students that were slated to start their capstones with us. They attended one outdoor session and then COVID shut everything down for the rest of the year. So quickly we pivoted and had them start helping us with creation of online resources to help digital resources, digital products, essentially to help therapists take their work with children outdoors into nature. So we created a bunch of treatment plans, which are kind of like done for you treatment plans that you can use to run a small group therapy session with children. We created a camp kit, which gives you like literally everything you would need, except, you know, the actual children and running the camp to run a nature-based therapy camp and a bunch of bonuses with that too. So we launched those nature-based products in August and those made about, I think, 15 grand we made with that launch. The business coaching program made about 15 grand. The products made about 15 grand. The OT Entrepreneur Summit, I think Trish and I, gosh, I can't remember all my numbers. We either made 20 and each took 10 or we made 10 and each took five. I think it was we made 10 and each took five this year. I'm getting confused with our goals for next year, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But so that's three. And then we worked all fall to launch the Contigo Approach online course and I launched that course in November for a January cohort. And that made 20 grand, I want to say. Yeah, 20 people, more than that, 20 people enrolled at about 1500 a piece. And then I just launched Bedrocks again for the February cohort. And I launched a short little strategic planning day, which was like my first low ticket offer. That was really interesting to play with offering a low ticket kind of $25, you know, show up and work day kind of thing. And I walk people through what it's like to strategically plan for a year. And that was fun too. It it wasn't a big moneymaker, but it was fun. It was just fun to play with launching different things. Because once you know Kajabi, you can just like throw something up there. (laughs) Like see what what it does. So how close did you get to your six figures? Well, before I launched, so I should have done these numbers before I came on the podcast with you. Before I launched the, you know, the la- the launch for Bedrocks, which isn't happening now, it's happening February 2021. Before I launched that, I was at 74,000 and we enrolled 11 people for Bedrocks and it kind of depends on what level they enrolled at. I guess I should say I don't know. But <laughs> That's pretty close. We came pretty close. Pretty close. I mean, it it depends on if you count the money when they enrolled or if you're counting the monthly payments, but it got we got pretty close to I know we got to at least eighty grand. So awesome. Which, because that was the big hairy yeah. audacious goal. Yeah. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. And like, I, I, was, I feel uh, like what? Can I should I suck six figures? No. Yes. And, yeah. And I feel like, and this is, this is the thing, like, I really don't, honestly, I don't share those numbers to brag. There are like plenty of people doing like way bigger numbers than that. I share them because I feel like there's kind of this like snowball of momentum. Like once you dip your feet into something, like once you have launched an online product, you know how to do it and you gain more confidence. And I just, because of COVID, like it it was like, there wasn't really another focus. You know, we weren't running summer camp. Like I didn't have to run summer camp and manage all that and the supplies and the people and everything. So it just kind of shifted focus to what can we offer that's really going to help people and solve a problem, but in the online space this year. And I I, I just feel really excited for the future because I feel like I got a whole skill set of how to how to create online and digital products that actually meet needs people have. Now, I will say 
a lot of what we poured into these products and these courses and, um, or what I, I mean, for the coaching one, that was mostly me for the Contigo approach one, my team has helped too, but a lot of what I put into those courses is actually learning theory informed how I created those courses and teaching at a doctorate level in an OT program was very helpful to help me understand how to frame learning, how to create an online course that would actually be focused on adult learners, you know, (laughs) rather than just like read this and then fill out this worksheet or whatever. I don't know how I haven't taken a lot of online courses to be honest, but, but there's a thoughtful intentionality behind creating good online course experiences that requires more than just like slapping a bunch of information up in Kajabi. It really is like, There is learning theory behind it. There is a reason and a strategy to how you plan certain experiences for people, even in the online space, to make it helpful to them. And 100%. 100%. And for anyone listening, so yes, this is Laura's journey. Um, You don't, so (laughs) because I, people, there may be people are thinking, oh, do I need a doctorate to do this then? Um, So Laura's learning know, in terms of her frameworks and her theory. And, you know, I've taken the totally different route in terms of I'm not even a master's level student. You know, I didn't finish my master's. I'm old school. I have two bachelor's degrees. At this stage of the game, when I look at the level of knowledge I have acquired in business, in consulting, in marketing, in online learning, you know, it's a different path. And so for anyone out there who's listening finding the path that's true to you and being okay with that. You know, there are different ways to get to the same destination. And I think you and I are perfect examples of that. Um, Laura, I want to back up in terms of, because I know, you know, you had said about your numbers and I'm not saying this to brag and I'm not saying this to, and I want to back up to that because that's something that I think a lot of OTs, a lot of healthcare professionals, as they're trying to bridge the healthcare world with the entrepreneur world, in terms of the emotions that we bring into numbers. And, you know, so we could also talk about, all right, we set this goal for Laura and she didn't hit it. Does that mean Laura failed? Because I work with a lot of people who, when they don't hit that goal, they beat themselves up. They're a failure. Now, anyone listening to this podcast, when you heard Laura talking about, okay, you know, are we around $80,000 in revenue from online products this year? And, during a pandemic, during homeschooling, during PH, does anyone out there think Laura is a failure listening to this? <laughs> but so often, the voice, you know, how we talk to ourselves and the attachment we get to numbers. And part of this journey for me and really leveling up this year has been looking at money as a tool and looking at my numbers as. You know, this is the opportunity to do an analysis. This is not the opportunity to beat myself up and to attach my self-worth to numbers because that's what I used to do. I used to do a lot of that. You know, when we talk about self-confidence, who am I to call myself an entrepreneur when I've only generated this much? And who am I to coach other entrepreneurs when I've only, you know, we do a lot, don't we, in terms of the, the head game with numbers. And, you know, it's something I've actively been working on is detaching from the numbers and being able to use my left brain as opposed to my right brain, my heart, my, like everything gets tied into the number. (laughs) It's true. It's really hard. I mean, I think one of the things I recently said on a podcast when I was talking about doing online launches is like, try not to be discouraged if you have low numbers the first few days of a launch because people are, especially for an expensive product, right? Something that is is a larger investment, maybe not a $97 summit or something, but like a $1,500 course, like unless someone has been like begging you and just waiting for that to come out, they're going to think about it. That's the other piece. They may think about it now and not be ready to pull the trigger until next time. Right. So you're warming them up You and you may not close the sale this time. It doesn't mean you're a failure. Exactly. But it is very hard to not get tied to numbers and feeling like, you know, what did I do wrong? Did I say something in that video on Instagram that offended people? Did I'm constantly worried about offending people because I tend to speak very directly and very off the cuff and I say what I think. And I just feel like I probably need to do some mindset work around like not worrying (laughs) 
about what people think. My husband always says that to me, just stop worrying what people think. And I'm like, yeah, easier said than done, you know, even though I'm an Enneagram eight and I'm very challenger and I want to like talk about the hard things, but I also don't want to offend people. I want to be winsome and kind, you know, so... Yeah, it, it, it can be really easy if you don't get in as many enrollments as you think. Like this, I told you before, I'll say it right here on the podcast, like I told you before we started that I was thinking that we would get a lot more people enrolled in Bedrocks when I first launched, you know, this will air later, but when I launched the, the second launch, because I had all these amazing testimonials, I had people saying how transformational it was for them in their businesses, how one of the people said, this is like a life coaching thing. Like, I feel like it's so applicable to everything in my life, not just my business, you know, some of the things that we were talking about. And yet the enrollments weren't as high. And there were so many, I wrote a huge list when the launch was over of like, what did I learn from this launch? And I mean, it wasn't like, oh, and we still, I mean, I still generated a good, healthy amount of income. We enrolled 11 people in a product that cost more than $1,300. So like, you know, it's not about me. I don't feel like a failure. I feel very proud of what the business has done this year of what I've, I've kind of navigated the, you know, transition to having a lot of online products and in the business is businesses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, I just feel like the mindset thing can be really hard, but learning from it is what's the most important. And I learned so many useful things. When I sat down and brainstormed out that list, when I wasn't feeling great, honestly, I, I saw 11 people. I was like, I thought we were going to roll at least tw- enroll at least 20. And then I was like, well, it's right before the holidays. And also it's really far away. It's like two months away. And also I was really scared to sell in my Facebook group. I owned that when I journaled about that. You know, I was like, I probably should have been more owning that I have this Facebook group and really shared more that it was available. You know, like I just was, I was fearful about that. There was, there were a lot of things, you know, I was tired. I had just done a launch for the Contigo approach a month earlier. There was lots of learning that was really good learning. So that's what's important. We can wrap that up. You know, that is the, such a big lesson that, and I, you know, with all of my coaching clients and my coaching program and everything we talk about, if you did not get, and everybody please pause, stop multitasking, come back to me, listen to this. (laughs) If you do not get the results that you wanted, I guarantee you got the lessons that you needed. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. This is a learning process. And one of the biggest faux pas, for lack of a better word, when people aren't working with coaches, is they would have, oh, this sucked. This didn't go well. And they throw the baby out with the bathwater and they come at it from a totally different angle, or they say this product is no good, or my services are no good, or I'm no good. And it's No, the universe is giving you the lessons that you need to make it better next time. And sometimes those lessons come in, you didn't get the signups you hoped for, or you didn't get, and that's the nature of the game. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mindset work to this. Absolutely. And taking that mindset work, it's so important. You take a really honest look at it and don't be afraid of it. You know, like, you might actually not be meeting a big enough need with your product. You might not have launched it at the right time. I mean, being willing to go there when you do your kind of reflection after a launch or after after a a fail, I call them fail learns, <laughs> like, you know, being able to go there and really dig deep, like, what is all of the learning I did here? And, and it helps you just go forward and you learn in the future to not do those things or to do things differently. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. I mean, I think that's why it's fun for me is because there are so many fail learns and we just keep learning and growing. It's very OT, lifelong (laughs) learner-ish. Well, my friend, this has been awesome. We could talk, we could do a marathon. I have no doubt. Yeah, we could. (laughs) But I will start to wrap it up. Where can people find you, Laura? I will tie it all up in the show notes, but I want to give you the chance to let us know as well in your voice. Where can people find you? Well, the place that would be most helpful to people if they are entrepreneurs and are running businesses is the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group, which has like almost 8,000 OT entrepreneurs in it. It's a fabulous place of just 
encouragement and sharing the wins and feeling normal as an OT entrepreneur. (laughs) So that is a free place. I moderate that group and I do like free Facebook live trainings and things there. If you're interested in nature-based pediatric practice, you can look at my practice website at OutdoorKidsOT.com. That will take you kind of to all of the Contigo Approach references. The Contigo Approach course information is at ContigoApproach.com. The podcast is at MindYourOTBusiness.com. I have too many websites, Melissa. You're going to be like, and here's the five websites. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if if people are interested, I think when this comes out, I'm fairly confident we will still have spots. So if the Bedrocks program that I talked about sounds like it's something that your business needs, if you need systems set up and your operations kind of automated and you want to do some work on marketing in your business, that can be found at businessbedrocks.com. All right. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me. This was fun. Each year we'll do our our yearly wrap up via podcast. We may have started something, Laura. I love it. I love end of year wrap ups. I can't wait. I do an episode in January every year because I always want my final end of year numbers, like including December 31st. So yeah, that'll by the time this comes out, we'll have just come out. So (laughs) awesome. It's fun. All right. Take care. And we will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the OT's Gone Rogue podcast, where we're all about making deeper connections by leaning into the difficult conversations. Make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already, because we've got some more awesome episodes coming your way. Take care, and we'll see you next week.